Welcome to the VR Fitness Insiders Podcast for the creators who are building the future of the VR and AR sports and fitness industries that will revolutionize the way the world will play sports, work out, and get fit. With your hosts, Preston Lewis and Ryan DeLuca, the founders of Black Box VR, who are building the world's first full fitness VR gym and bring decades of experience from creating some of the largest fitness technology companies in the world. They're bringing together the best and brightest minds to help you and your company succeed in the VR fitness revolution. Welcome to the VR Fitness Insider Podcast. Today we have Johannes Scholl on the show, who is the co-founder and CEO of Icaros, with a mission to empower individuals to achieve their health and fitness goals through the use of cutting-edge technology and immersive gaming experiences. Johannes, thanks so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me, and I look forward to this conversation with you guys. So to kick it off, we want to know what got you into VR and fitness in the first place, and how did your personal interests lead you here? So as you can imagine, it's quite of a long story, but I'll try to make a long story short. I studied industrial design, so did my co-founder. And when I was still at university, I always knew that once I would start working on my master's thesis, it should be something around fitness. And it was also around the time when I met my co-founder, Michael, who was already running a design agency down in Munich. And, and I was working with him and I told him about my idea. And I said, Hey, you know what? I want to do something innovative. I want to do something special around fitness. And he said, that's cool. I'd like to support you here, but let's not bring the bench press 2.0 or something. Let's bring something really innovative that the fitness industry hasn't seen before. He's into fitness. We're both into industrial design. And we said, okay, what's the most motivating fitness experience that we could think of? And we said, how would it be if we could create the sensation of flying whilst doing your workout because we figured that being able to fly is a mankind's dream no matter where on the planet like everybody has dreamt of this one right so we came up with this first concept and the fun thing really is this all took place before virtual reality was a thing it was before oculus it was before oculus first kickstarter campaign still we had the idea that if this should work it could only work with virtual reality right so in the end, what we created back then was a future concept of what we thought how fitness exercise could look in 25 years from now. Little did we know that just a couple of months later, virtual reality did became a thing. And that's where the entire story started. So many people, when they first think of like, oh, what could you do with like, you know, gaming and fitness? And the first thing is like really, really basic stuff. Like, oh, you could be having a personal trainer or you could do the stuff that you used to do in a normal gym, but now in a game or in VR, which just feels like the least creative way to do it. Like this is this whole new way to do things. Why would you want to do bench press 2.0? Like nobody wants to bench press. And, you know, even people that say they like bench pressing, they probably don't really love it that much compared to other things. Why would you want to do that versus like exciting game and flying in VR? The thing was we wanted to create an entire experience. And I think that sounds familiar to you. And where we started, we had this complete freedom of ideas. You know, we were thinking so freely because there was no pressure on us. We didn't think of it as a business in the very first place, because as I said, we were thinking like, this is going to happen in 20 years from now. The fun thing really is when the first headsets came out, especially commercially available headsets, for example, the Samsung Gear VR, if you remember, where you just put your smartphone in and then you would have it as a VR screen. Samsung was one of our very first customers. They bought a couple of Icarus units to set them up in their pop-up stores that they were opening all across Europe to demo their new technology. I guess one of the first 
peripherals for virtual reality that you could get. So they equipped all of the pop-up stores with our machines to demo their own technology. And that was great. And that's also why I preach that timing is such an important factor. When you launch a new product, launch a new idea, and we stood at the station before the hype train arrived and we just had to jump onto it. And that really helped us very much to get going. That's super cool. And you kind of alluded to it, the flying, right? But tell us about your product. What exactly is Icaros? What's the experience like? What makes it special? And why did you decide to create it this way? It became a bit harder to explain in the last couple of years because, of course, our portfolio has grown and we now have a range of products. I guess the one where everything started with and still the experience that we're most well known for is the combination of core workout and a virtual reality flying experience. So let me start with that. And basically, it is a rig that you would enter in a plank-like position, but you would not just lay on there, but you would be able to move around freely and by shifting your body weight, forwards and backwards and to the left and right, you are able to maneuver that thing. And we are detecting your motions on the device with motion sensors. And in the end, we're transferring your motions on the device into virtual reality game. So it would become, say, a Superman simulator. Whatever you are doing physically on the device, you're doing in virtual reality. And it gives you a quite intense core workout, quite intense shoulder workout, but it will not only improve like your muscle strength, but it will also improve your sense for balance, your coordination, your reaction, functionality of your core. So really it's about, say, mind-muscle connection. That's why it's also used in therapy and stuff like that. Maybe we'll speak more about that later. So you're in that planking position, wearing your headset, with your motions on the device, you're controlling the gameplay. Most of it is about flying, but it doesn't necessarily have to be flying. There's also underwater experiences, and stuff like that. I think for me, the most impressive ones one is our virtual reality multiplayer. It's called Icarace. So that is a futuristic racing game where you would fly a spaceship and you would race other pilots, as we call them, from maybe even other countries, other parts in the world, live in virtual reality. And that is a very intense experience. And those races, they last for 10 minutes roundabout. And it's a tough one. Once a year, we have world championships where we invite the best pilots that have qualified in the online preseason. And then we put them on stage, let them race each other. And then another one, which I believe is very impressive. We started working on these kind of experiences two years ago, roundabout. We have a cooperation with another company here from Munich. They're called Reality Maps. They provided us with landscape data that they create using photogrammetry. And for example, we have now digitalized some of the most iconic sceneries in the Alps. Like we have the Dolomites or we have parts of the Swiss Alps, the German Alps. And you can really go through those kind of landscapes. We have a wingsuit simulator and there, race tracks, all this fun stuff. And you can experience this in real places, just like Google Earth, but on a higher quality level. There's a lot more, but that's kind of what's going on in virtual reality when you're one of the across devices. Well, we talked about where your product is today, and of course, continuing to work and make it even better, but it's such an exciting thing. Obviously, you didn't start there. When you first started with the first version to today, what type of learnings did you have from the beginning that if you could go back to yourself back in those days, you would tell yourself? Many, many different ones, but we tried with some of the most important ones for me. So first, as I said, my co-founder and I, we're both industrial designers. We're both creative minds, which is a good thing and also bad. What I always try is I try to visualize ideas very early 
And then we also try to prototype ideas as soon as possible to be able to test them. And so walk the walk, right? Whatever you visualize might turn into a reality at one point. It may not, but if you do not visualize it, if you do not build it, it will not happen at all. So that's for sure. When we started off first, and I think that was also with many other players in the field of virtual reality, especially, nobody really knew where going, where it was heading. From our DNA, we know that we wanted to combine fitness and game. With the first games we built, we didn't have any experience. We didn't have any user feedback. So, I mean, it's important to know who is the user, who's the customer, who's the user. Sometimes that is the same person. Sometimes it's not the same person and you will have a customer and you will have an end user. What do they expect from me? It's that small line between getting user feedback, implementing user feedback and listening to the users. And sometimes also not to listen to them and do your own thing because maybe you know better and you know what's ahead. You know you're one step ahead of them. So I think that's a fine line between implementing user feedback and at the same time be true to yourself because who came up with that concept? You did. So believe in yourself as well. However, it really comes down to what I believe product market fit. That's for sure. You can have the fanciest ideas. If the product will not work in the designated environment, you will not have a business, right? I think that was something, especially in the first two or three years or so, where we also had to learn a lot, like, who is the customer? Who are we building it for? In what way is it going to be used? Where will it be most beneficial? Where will it really make a difference? How can we solve the problems that our customer has? And stuff like that. That is very common, but still, it's something that you have to learn at the beginning. And the other thing I think that you know very well, because you did do this very well when you started, and I also think that we didn't do the worst job here was being loud and being recognized and being like all over the place. And that's something where I think we also did a good job. So when you start something new, you have to be, you have to be loud, right? Go for the awards, go for the trade shows, go for the media, go for the bloggers, go for social media, go for, take whatever you can take to make sure that people will take notice. I remember when we first went to CES, we were down in the Sands Expo at Eureka Park. And back then it was, you had those 10 by 10 booths, super small, like startup zoo, kind of super vibrant atmosphere, very crowded. And we brought the Icarus device, the first pro device for the very first time. And the booth was packed and we had press and media. Lots of stuff was going on. For us, it was a great experience. The first show in the US and all of this buzz going on. And we took a lot out of it. However, one year later, we went to the same place, Eureka Park, same 10 by 10 booths. And the only difference was that this time we had a proper video on YouTube and on social media, like Facebook back then it was, and it changed everything. This time we had within one week, we had more than 30 million views on our video and it got viral and there was Mashable and Board Panda and USA Today and you name it. It was the same product, was the same show, same people. The only difference was that our preparations were a lot better this time. Then also you got luck and timing and stuff like that. That's also learning. You have to be loud, you have to be present, but you also need to be prepared to make something out of it. But ultimately, this story also has a downside because that was, I believe, 2017. And I mean, what does CES, it stands for Consumer Electronic Show. Electronics, yes. Show, yes. Consumer, no. We only had this large Icarus Pro model that you would buy for $9,000 back then. So 
we received, I don't know, seven, 8,000 emails. We were three people and we were doing night shifts just to answer those emails. And you can imagine that 90% of those requests were like, okay, can I get this for my living room? And we're like, well, yes, you can, but it's like 10 grand. <laughs> so um, it really helped us to drive substantial business back then. Still nowadays with all we have the consumer range in line and the online shop and everything. So if we would have the same 30 million video views and 7,000 emails, we could make a lot more out of it. But that's kind of the stories you can tell later. For better or for worse, as pioneers, we're paying the innovation tax, right? Someone's got to do it. Got to go out there and blaze the trail. And so we're really appreciative to others that do that, you guys included, because when we started Blackbox in 2016, we would say the term VR fitness and their eyes would glaze over and super confused to understand. And so just because... Icarus and probably Virtuix and a lot of these people have been in the game so long with these yeah. viral videos and taking the risks. It's obviously been expensive initially, but it's pushed the entire industry forward. So definitely cool Absolutely. that you guys did that. I briefly mentioned earlier, I think that was before the camera was rolling. We just got back from FIBO in Cologne a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that's one of the, the biggest fitness and bodybuilding shows in the world. This year they had a designated area for exagaming, virtual reality, esports, fitness. Five years ago, unthinkable, unthinkable. And now you can see that. I think that's very cool. It's great that the organizers recognize the potential and also that they do something out of it. And now you can really feel the support of the industry and also the acceptance on the other side, which is just as important. You cannot only just push technology and, and wait for it. It's not how it works. So you need the acceptance too. We know that there is potential in using virtual reality or gamification in general in fitness. Workouts more desirable. You can make them more effective. You can really make them addictive, like an esports experience in a good way. This just made me think that you could almost have a triathlon style event, kind of like you have with biking, swimming, running, where it could be a black box workout, Icarus flying, a Virtuix running experience, where you could actually do this triathlon multi-event type of an experience, but with this futuristic I, technology. I totally see this and we should talk about this because I know that many people out there would love being a part of this. I think that's also a vision like having those XR Olympics thing kind of going on. It's way more exciting. There's so many things you can do in these crazy fantasy worlds you could do in a, a real life triathlon and more accessible and you can practice from home. Like there's so many cool parts that, I mean, that's for sure coming. The amazing thing is people say, oh, VR, like, I don't want that. It's this dystopian idea of I'm all by myself in my headset. Where it's like the exact opposite is true. Like oh, you can nice. have the most social experience with other people. And even just like the Zwift style stuff, it's like social fitness and be able to be there with other people and they're fun, competitive and cooperative. And esports, as we've seen, like it could be the most social thing, which the social part of it is really what drives how much you care about it and the meaning behind the activity. So you talked about, you got feedback at some of the trade shows and obviously from the press. What feedback have you received from people that have used your product and you know, any interesting stories or anything that's surprising that came out of that? We've always been working not only in the fitness industry, but also in the medical health, rehabilitation and therapy world. And we have strengthened that work. And just in the last couple of months, we've installed the first Icarus Health Units, that's our flagship model, in hospitals, for example and in German rehabilitation hospital. And it's just great to get feedback from patients using our devices, because for them, virtual reality in general, and I think our devices in particular, can really be a game changer. If you have a person that increases their walking speed significantly after a stroke through using Icarus devices, 
reduction of spasms, increase of entire body composition, overall happiness in their life and having a joyful rehabilitation experience. Because if you're going to rehab, this can be a very frustrating experience for you, may sometimes with little progress, lack of motivation, pain and everything that's related to it. And I mean, if you're asking for the coolest stories to tell, I would tell you patient stories, individual success stories of patients, whether it's orthopedic or lower back pain, or if it's neurologic patient, that's something very rewarding to see. And then last but not least, in the last years and now again after COVID, we have installed some of our units in some of the coolest places on earth, like the top-notch medical retreats, the high-end five-star hotels, like the places where the rich and the famous go. You see the professional athletes and the celebrities working mm -hmm. over there. And if you look back a couple of years and you say you can turn this into reality, that's a great story. That's super cool. I mean, when we started Black Box VR, a lot of it was based on the fact that most people quit their fitness programs, right? The adherence to a fitness program is just dismal across the board because why? It's boring. It's not very engaging. A lot of times it's not very social. It hurts. You know, maybe you don't have access to a gym or whatever. And so it's interesting because it's the same thing with rehabilitation, right? People go in, they get a surgery and we hear it all the time from some of the hospitals we talked to in the early days, but they basically said, you know, at least 50% of people will drop out. If you're not adhering to a fitness program, it's just bad for your general health, right? It's just, you're not going to be as fit. You're not going to get the cognitive benefits and all these other amazing things that come with working out regularly. But in rehabilitation, it's even worse, right? Because if you get a surgery right. and if you don't adhere to a program, you can no longer bend your knee, maybe. You can no longer extend your arm, right? So that's, I think, the cool thing about this technology across the board, whether it is from fitness or rehab, like you're talking about, is that gamification and these game mechanics paired with these immersive technologies have the ability to drastically increase that adherence level through the fun and the epicness and the engagement. And as you both have mentioned, they're having the potential to be much more social as well. So the social aspect, we are able to customize the experience and to individualize the workout and create a customized rehabilitation journey. We have just released the software that is called Icarus Max Neuro Experience Training, where you as a patient would enter the device for the first time and you will get your first like preset test to find out what's your current fitness level. And from that point on, you will have customized individual race tracks that would be designed just for you based on your personal skill set. And then the better you become, the more difficult, the more challenging it will get. So we will constantly push you to the edge of your comfort zone. And then over time, we will see your progress, your individual progress that you can also compare to others. But in the end, it's your journey and you can be proud of yourself and, and your progress and the software, it will always be as fit as you are, and it will always bring you to your maximum and try to get the best out of you. And I mean, there's a lot more of potential in gamification in general too. It's not just that it's more fun and if you build a good game, that's given, but then what else can you do with it? Like really driving the effectiveness of each session. That's something we're looking into a lot right now. And it's also for the future software development, like individual workouts, plans, rehabilitation journeys. That's something we're definitely looking to a lot. No one ever says they're excited to go to rehab. <laughs> you know, isn't the right. Amy Winehouse song is like, they tried to make me go to rehab, but I said, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. But nobody's ever like, what do you have going on today? It's like, I'm going to rehab. I'm so excited. It's rehab day. <laughs> you know, I mean, what we think about a lot is so many things in life that you want to do, 
that you should do, right? Cause you should do it. You should read these books. You should work out. Obviously you should eat, you know, the right food. You have to like force yourself to do it or do some kind of like incentive to make it so you do it. Like your doctor's going to yell at you if you don't do the rehab, but you know, you go to normal rehab and obviously like we talked about it, the same as like a workout, like it's not fun. It's time consuming. It's painful. You don't see immediate results. You know, you don't immediately go in there and do something. Where with games, you can see immediate results. Like you just hit a new record on this or reach this new level and you're getting the reward and the excitement. And there's just so many things you could do. What we really think is it's less about to get people just do what they know they should do and try to figure out how to force that. But how do we make the thing you should do something you want to do? Maybe we'll switch gears just a little bit, learn a little bit more about the business side of Icarus. You know, what's the overall business model? I know you have different models going into B2B, obviously the home versions of what you got, but tell us a little bit more about the business model and how you're working to make that successful. Right. So generally you could decide between those two branches. We got the consumer branch and the other one is the commercial. Just historically, we started Icarus with commercial product. I mentioned earlier, like 10K for the hardware, and then we would go into those top places. And some of this is still the case. However, especially after this event on CES, we noticed, okay, there's some strong demand from consumers out there. So we should have something for them at hand as well. Till the COVID pandemic really hit, we were on the path to work on the commercial fitness and medical and those top-notch hotel. So it was all commercial customers who all shut down through the pandemic. And then we had to kind of invent the second business model. And that invention was Zacro's home with Zacro cloud. And also we stepped back from only making virtual reality content to also having a mobile app that would run on a user's tablet or smartphone. And that would work with some very simple devices like our Icarus cloud, which is an inflatable full body workout device that in the first place does not work with virtual reality. So nowadays, I think we have a lot more users on our mobile app than we have in virtual reality. Still, we have the different business models here. So if we would talk to commercial customers nowadays, most of the revenue we would generate with this kind of customer is through the hardware and software lifetime license. So for example, if we would talk to a therapy center in Germany and we would set up the device for say 25,000 euros, for them, it is really important to like have this one-time payment, then have the entire system set up and then go from there. The more we look into fitness and consumers, the more we look into recurring revenue through software subscriptions, especially our Icarus app. It's a monthly subscription. It is $19 per month and you can choose monthly. You can activate or deactivate. So I think it's a very fair contract that we're offering here and it's constantly growing. That is a great thing about it. Online subscriptions, they are becoming more and more important for our entire business model and the consumer. You would buy an Acres Home or Acres Cloud and you would get the unit and then you would look into the subscription. But generally, content is king. And it's more and more and more about the content. When I speak of development nowadays, my co-founder who's leading our development team, it's software development, really. And it's also fun to see because you're getting that feedback so directly. You launch a new game, you will see the acceptance rate. You will see how long will it be played. Are people willing to pay for it? Will they invite others? Will they battle each other on the leaderboard? Stuff like that. I, of course, love the online approach because it's like getting in close contact with the end user. So these are the two business models for us. But for the least, through COVID also, we really started with setting up an online store and selling directly to consumer. So we really kicked off the D2C business that we didn't have three years ago. The world has 
opened up again, not only in Europe and the US, but also Asia now. New projects are being started, fitness centers, hotels. So it's great to be back on the map for them. But also we build up this entire consumer universe and it's great to have this now because we can just keep doing that without letting go of the, the enterprise customer. So that's kind of what we're looking at right now. As you're saying that, it's really interesting to think back because hindsight's 2020, and luckily things have kind of worked out in the way we would hope with as far as VR fitness in the industry, right? Because I mean, it could have taken a totally different turn. Meta might not have invested in it. HTC might not have kept going with their devices and stuff, but it's kind of turned out for us. But what it makes you think about is you have a mobile app, which you mentioned has more people using it right now, whereas VR still early. It's interesting because to me, it kind of feels like when we're at bodybuilding.com, it was the same discussion between mobile and web, right? When you're building mm -hmm. software products, it was like, we had like 90% of the order. Well, I mean, obviously a hundred percent were like desktop. And then there was this moment, if, yeah, and yeah. Ryan and I remember where it was like, wow, like mobile is going to take over all of this. We should probably get ahead of this stuff. And so it's just really interesting right. that we're still in that moment in time. I think that's important for our listeners because early days was super risky to get into VR. Now we've kind of passed this hump where it's still early days. There's still a ton of opportunity in the industry, but we're kind of now on that precipice of like, are they really going to go away from using their mobile phones? Wouldn't people rather watch movies and things on their mobile phone? Like, wait a minute, pretty soon it's going to be hindsight where they're like, oh, everyone has a very inexpensive headset where they can not only fill all their entertainment needs, but they're going to be able to do all the fitness stuff. So I thought that was a really important point that came to mind as you're saying this whole, right now our mobile app has more users, but VR you know, picking up, it's still a ton of opportunity for developers and creators to be able to get into this. One of the major reasons for us when we developed the cloud and the mobile app and that entire system was we were trying to answer three questions because let's say, okay, it's COVID and you want to sell products to the online store, like what's needed? And we said, we want to build a full body workout device. So it needs to be full body, which Decor's devices, they give you core, they give you shoulder, they give you coordination, but for yourself, arms or legs, so it not really play a major role on Decor's device. So we said, okay, it needs to be full body. Then the other thing was it should be suitable for the entire family. So if mommy buys it and she needs to justify, she can say, hey, the kids can use it, you can use it. So it should be adaptable for individual requirements. And then the other thing was should be shipped in a single box by UPS because we will only be able to ship it through the online store. There came the fourth one. And that was really important was we want to have a very low entry hurdle on the technological side. So we said. Realistically today, three years ago, like how many of our potential customers do own a headset? Not too many. How many of these will buy a headset because their desire to get that workout experience with Icarus is so strong? A couple of them. We're selling headsets a lot, not a big deal. But what's the device, what's the technology that all of the potential customers already have? That's the mobile device. So in the end, that's how we develop the system. We sneak into the households of the people without selling them too much extra equipment. Still, we are strong believers in the potential of VR and especially there where virtual reality is not a nice to have, but it can really turn into a must have. And I mentioned therapy earlier, also professional sports. With using virtual reality, you can really make the workouts become more effective, you can make a difference in how the people react. If we talk to stroke patients, for example, the immersion in virtual reality makes such a difference for them because they kind of leave the real world in suddenly the psychological effect. 
plays a big role. Or I can ask the same person to lean to the right 15 degrees and hold that position for a minute. And that person will tell me, look at me, I'm not able to do that. And the same person, I will put the VR headset on and will ask to do that movement because the person doesn't want to hit an obstacle or they want to collect some points. And suddenly, voila, it works. And I show them wow. the video later on and they say, oh shit, that's incredible. They, wow. they kind of feel themselves differently. It could also be professional athlete looking for those extra gains. And so the cognitive aspect and the psychological aspect that you can add in very simple ways, just by putting a headset on low cost available everywhere. I mean, that can become a real game changer. And I think that the industry should also look into these benefits and make use of them instead of just copying what's already there. And I'm curious, like how the entire VR industry will develop and when will we see those headsets and the releases of big companies? I guess everybody's curious. That's a great segue. You know, what's interesting is I totally agree. If you think of VR as just a screen on your face and it's like, what's the big deal? You know, like I'd rather just have a screen somewhere else. But when you actually realize and see the studies that have shown that like your brain treats it completely different. We all know mind over matter and the placebo effect. There's many different things that like you can like almost hack your brain to go beyond your limitations. And just, it's a whole new world. And once people realize like, well, this is a new paradigm for what's possible in all these different areas. That makes it way better, you know, not just like 5% better, but potentially 10x better. That's that mental leap. I think of vision that once people get that and that we and others are proving it out, that's going to help to really drive that home. And I think to just kind of segue right into that today's VR fitness landscape, obviously with you and many other great companies that are building experiences and and at home and, and in gym. With the technology we have today, which is way better than those early years, you know, that we remember seven years ago, but it's still not quite where we want. But what do you think about the state of VR fitness today? And more importantly, where do you think it's going to go? Hardware, software, adoption for fitness and sports more specifically in the next three to five years? It's hard to tell where it is going, but I wish for where it should be going is that we focus onto the benefits and on the huge difference that virtual reality, the impact it can have in the immediate effect on training, especially cognitive and psychological aspects, anticipation, coordination, balance, like complete skill set that otherwise you would maybe only train whilst going skiing or playing tennis and stuff like that. Then making use of really the community aspect, the social aspect, being at home, having a cool class with other people, no matter where in the world. I, I don't know where it's going, but I'm sure that it will not disappear. I believe that the developers and the players in the industry, also the technology manufacturers, they should also link and cooperate and inform each other where stuff's going. Technology needs to support us as developers to make this vision turn into a reality. That's happening. Then I see a great future for virtual reality exercise with all those different facets and aspects. Well, I think the cool thing too is, I mean, we're all doing this for a lot of different reasons, right? Because we have a vision, but also at the end of the day, this is going to really positively impact people's lives. It's the mission to be able to help people in Black Box's case, help them level up their lives using this immersive technology uh, by creating these addictive fitness experiences, specifically the addiction. I mean, it's always been this kind of like negative connotation, but we really think that gamifying things the right way can create healthy addictions that are going to help you like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. It's a positive habit. Yeah. Exactly. A positive habit that people stick to and adhere to that get them all the other positive benefits of that. So that being said, kind of segueing into um, what's been the most rewarding aspect of building Icros? Has it been 
customer testimonial, maybe something you saw in the medical field. Maybe it's just the pure joy of creating a cool, innovative product. What's been the most rewarding aspect? There's many different rewarding ones, as you said. The pure joy of creating a relevant, radically new, innovative technology and being recognized as a relevant player in that field in our time alone is something that I believe as a product developer and startup founder is something that many people would maybe dream of being in that position at some point. So you should be thankful for that alone. That is rewarding in the first place, building something really out of nowhere and turning that vision into a reality. All in all, that's the most important and most rewarding aspect. However, if you look at it more closely, it is, of course, the people using the devices, especially the patients improving on the devices, people changing their minds and changing their ways to live and being more active, living more healthy lifestyle and telling you this on Instagram nowadays. Lots of times I really just repost user-generated content because I see people at home working with our devices, with their family, and I didn't ask them to post a video of it. It's just they enjoy their workout and they enjoy working out with the system. That is the second part that is just truly rewarding. And it shows you that the technology you're working with, that the products you build in, that they're relevant. Last but not least, of course... It is cool to see some of the units being installed in some of those places where I would never dream of. It's not so much about the people. It's great if celebrities use it and stuff like that. But really like having those facilities, recognizing the entire potential this technology has and using our units, installing them there and using them as not to brag with it, but really also it's like, hey, look what we got. We got the Zikaros tool. We have this one installation in Switzerland at, at the Red Bull Media World where they say, Hey, this unit we have here, we cannot change the equipment. We cannot change. We cannot take your equipment out of here. You're just using it all over and over and over and over. And every two years or so, you have to go there and tighten all the screws and look after the units because they're used so much. And I think these are the most rewarding aspects of the entire journey. Not so much the awards. For the moment, that's also something you're proud of. But really, I mean, it's the long-term success and the long-term feedback that really keeps you going and motivates you also to take the next steps. And that's it for me, really. It's just this amazing feeling sometimes when you're like, this was literally just an idea in our heads. Like, and it's crazy that that's right. possible as humans that we can do this and working together. But right. just this idea, which whatever that is, you know, in our brains and these neurons and working together and then all of a sudden there it is. And then you get that feedback that you dreamed of, of like, that was so fun or the rehab was much more effective. Like, it's almost weird, almost crazy that we can even do that. Yeah, no, I mean, just to piggyback on that as well. I think the other cool thing specifically in the Icarus case is that, and I guess also with the black box case is that the medical industry is starting to recognize this technology as a real legit tool for rehabilitation, as well as the fitness industry for all the other stuff we talked about. You mentioned if a medical university or facility is using it on your end, that means they've probably gone through some pretty crazy rigorous testing. They really vet, I mean, the medical industry has all the compliance issues and stuff like that. And they really vet the technologies that come in. So I think it speaks volumes to the legitimacy of this technology, of your technology, the fact that they're actually using that over and over in their facilities. In the end, really, it isn't about like, does it help or not? That's the simple question when you yes. speak with patients. I mean, it's like the fun and everything, that's nice to have, but does it help me? And again, that's where I believe virtual reality already is a game changer. And there's a lot of studies available already. Um, virtual reality, not only with fitness, but also like 
going to the dentist and having the headset on, like all of those impacts, everything that's going on in your brain in virtual reality that you can use positively. And that's also my strong belief why virtual reality will not disappear because it already found its niches where you know it really makes a huge difference. You cannot let go of it anymore. Now we will see how it grows more into other areas and work as well by becoming more affordable, more easy to use, more hands-on and on and on and on. But it already has proven its effectiveness. So it's proven technology now. It's hard for me to hold this one back because I keep thinking about it. <laughs> like the rehab. It's like, you know, you're saying like the person goes into rehab and like, I can't move my arm this much. And then, you know, they have to move out of the way of an obstacle and then they show they actually can. I'm imagining like, you know, an older person in VR, this, their walking speed is slow, but they're in this nice, beautiful environment. And then cocaine bear comes flying at them and they have to run away. And it's like, look, see, I told you, you could look what you did. <laughs> like, should people freaking have cocaine bear? <laughs> that might, might not be a good idea, but like, yeah, all of a sudden, no, oh, and they're like, look, see how fast you ran. And they'd be like, I'm never doing this again. Now you make me want to watch cocaine bear. I still haven't seen it. It sounds awesome. It's pretty fun. Well, and to piggyback on that as well, with the black box stuff, as far as the, the studies, we've done multiple studies with UCLA, uh, university studies, and man, the results that the people in the studies have experienced are insane. Like we did one where it was three months of workouts, which was about 12 weeks of three times per week doing a black box workout. And it proved that black boxes experience compared to like the traditional cable resistance machine training, which was the control resulted in greater decreased body fat, increased lean body mass, lower resting heart rate, lower systolic, diastolic blood pressure, increased flexibility, pretty much every Every metric you could have measured, the black box VR workout was better than the traditional cable. Incredible, training. Man. And this is all based on university studies. So we believe this is the future of fitness. There's, it sounds like you do as well. And the whole industry is just getting started. The industry should work together. The electronics manufacturers, the software developers. I mean, we all know, especially with certain customers, how hard it can be to really install virtual reality equipment at some place and then get it running. Like installing is one, but then have it being operated by the people on site who might be, I don't know, healthcare professionals, whatever. The easier it becomes, the easier the job will be for us. And ultimately, the more patients, users will benefit from it. You and your team have been on the forefront of innovation in this space. So we want to know, our audience wants to know what's next for Icarus. Do you have any exciting new upcoming developments or products that you have in the pipeline? I mentioned earlier that our focus really is software development. So I can tell like within this year or so, you will not see any new crazy hardware from Ecros. We constantly bring crazy new hard hardware, but not for now. We're really focusing on both app and virtual reality software development, building up the community, making the individual user profile more important for the individual user. Like this itch, constantly like blogging, these kind of effects are very important to us. And then we'll conduct several studies in Germany with hospitals and universities around lower back pain. We just launched a study with the university clinic in Heidelberg. They are working with post-COVID, long COVID patients. Most of it is really about motivation and getting people into workout again by using virtual reality. That will be very interesting to see the outcome of that study. And then, of course, implementing all of these learnings into our software, those individualized training programs will play a major role. So lots of stuff going on in the digital world at Acres right now. I just want to say uh, it's an honor to be able to have you on the podcast. If you would have told my 14-year-old self when I was watching Lawnmower Man that I would find and meet the person that actually make this a reality and I'm going to get fit from it, like that's, I would have 
blown my 14 year old mind. <laughs> Thanks for listening Ryan. It's our pleasure to be a part of your podcast and also following you and your progress and process throughout the time working with virtual reality and also having this international connection in Europe and the US, which I think is a very cool thing. It's not a given. If you have a relation, you need to work on a relation and that's cool. So again, it's my pleasure to contribute to this podcast today a bit. Now I look forward to our next conversation. Awesome. Well, that's all the time we have. Thanks so much, Johannes, for joining us and sharing your team's story, insights, and passion for creating the future of VR fitness with our audience. For any of you in the audience, as usual, if you'd like to get in contact with the team, we'll put all the info into the show notes. So be sure to check those out. Thanks again. Boom, explosions. All right, let's, uh, that was awesome. Um, let's do- Where would yeah. you, Are we supposed to dab now? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Thanks for listening to the VR Fitness Insider Podcast. Do you know of anyone that should be on our show or have feedback? Don't forget to email us at podcast at vrfitnessinsider.com and follow us at VR Fitness Insider on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also join our Discord channel. Until next time, keep creating and dreaming up the next big thing that will revolutionize the world of fitness.